This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Uh, welcome to the EM Weekly Show. And uh, this week we are talking about uh, words. Words matter. Communication uh, during disaster and crisis. And of course, I have my co-host uh, Daniel Scott here with me. And uh, our guest is Buddy Rice. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. <coughs> In the news, a couple of things just came down the pipe here is that we have evacuation orders will no longer be called mandatory or voluntary. Uh, it's changing. And what does that mean for emergency management? And then also what I caught in the news cycle, at least, was the idea here of uh, weather related uh, or two things. It's weather related and stadium evacuations. And I think that's kind of interesting too uh, with a lot of the new stadiums that are being built across the country. They're being bigger, larger. Uh, take a look at oh, Dallas Stadium, for instance, uh, the, the new stadium in Los Angeles, which I guess is going to rival the size of the uh, stadium in, in Dallas. You know, what does it mean for evacuation uh, on that? And also um, a lot of the uh, colleges and high schools are, are, go, are getting are getting bigger, which is, I guess the host muted me, but uh, that's okay. Hey, a quick question, Daniel. So, you know, do you, you know, you have, you have your, your, your bag, right? Your, your daily bag that you carry with all your stuff in it, right? I have several, but yeah, I have one bag that I carry around with me every day. And, and buddy, you have one of those bags too, I'm assuming, you know, like, yes. yeah. yeah. So I, I had one of those, I have one of those bags, a couple of them too, right, Daniel? We all have, we're, we're, if you're an emergency manager for any time, you become like a, a, like a gear junkie, if you will. You have bags and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, came across this bag and the inside of it is bright orange. Because one of the things I always had difficulties with is some of my bags, they're, if they're like a, a dark color bag, you look inside, the inside of it's dark. You can't ever find anything inside there. And the bag is called uh, is VanQuest. And VanQuest makes some of the toughest durable bags and backpacks for everyday use. And they're used by like the FBI, the U.S. Secret Service, uh, and the U.S. Special Operations Command. And it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing tool. Um, it's well put together. When I first got my VanQuest bag, I took a look at it. It's the, um, the, the canvas is nice and thick. The zippers are amazing. I always break my zippers. That's why whenever I look at a bag, I'm looking at those areas and you know, it's just a, it's such a great bag. And so when I had the opportunity to get that bag, I started talking to them and they actually came on as one of our newest sponsors here at the Ian weekly show. And I'm really excited about having them. Um, as a sponsor. Oh, by the way, they also have a 100-day uh, return and a lifetime warranty on the bag. So if anything does happen to your bags during that time, you can always uh, send it back to them and, and they'll fix it for you or replace it. You know, also right now, if you go to the VanQuest website, which is um, really exciting, a lot of cool stuff on there, it's vanquest.com, and you put in all capitals, one word, EM Weekly, 
you get a 5% discount on anything that you purchase from VanQuest. So go check out VanQuest today. Oh, I guess we're still, I guess we're still here. All of a sudden my, my screen went uh, down. Yeah, mine did too. Oh man. Hey, you know, communication, communication is yeah. always the number one issue. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like exactly communication technology. You don't, it doesn't always work. And when it, it's great until it doesn't work. You know, it's funny. We've been having yeah. some, some issues today, you know, with connectivity and stuff like that. I just think it's the, uh, the gremlins at work, but uh, you know, um, you know, one of the things also is talk about communication is the ability. Oh, I got sirens going on. Maybe there's a fire going on in the background somewhere. Uh, you know, one of those things with communication, which I think is interesting too, is what services do you use to uh, send mass notification? And in today's world, you want to have a reliable uh, communication tool at your hand. And I am just so happy to uh, that has Titan HST, who has been our longest sponsor here at Ian Weekly Show. Um, they have, they are such a great company to work with and work for. Uh, Titan has some unique uh, characteristics inside of their company, such as mesh networking, uh, where if your system goes down and you have all your team has the Titan app on their phone, they can still communicate with each other as long as they're within um, a thousand yards of each other or with using the gateway system within your, uh, within your city. Uh, they can uh, technically, you can communicate throughout your entire city. You could do uh, 50 people on video chat. You could do uh, 250 people on your phone uh, bridge, and you could have unlimited number of people on on, uh, text messaging. The other thing I find cool about, too, with Titan is being able to get situational awareness inside your emergency operations center. So if you go downrange, you have somebody down there, and they're on the video chat, you can actually get live video feed into your EOC uh, without having to rely upon your uh, helicopters or drones or anything else like that. And you can actually start, you know, seeing what's going on and get situational awareness inside your EOC with what's going on in the disaster zone. So check out TitanHST.com and tell them that you heard him here on EM Weekly. All right. Well, all that being said, and we got that out of the way, and uh, thank you for uh, some of the technical difficulties that we're having here. Talk about communication. Let's talk about social media. So social media is good and bad, right? We all have seen, you know, quality stuff being done uh, with social media. I know that during the Joplin uh, tornado uh, crisis or crisis uh, storms that went through, that was really the first time that we're seeing Facebook being crowdsourced, if you will, with getting good information out to the public. And that really started the whole reason why Facebook has that whole safety check-in thing was coming through because of, of the Joplin tornado. That being said, there's also a lot of bad information that's put out on social media um, as well. What kind of of thing do we have here that we can either monitor and or also stop the rumors from happening on social media? I'll start with Daniel, since you are at a college and that's how they like to communicate with each other. Well, here we I mean, when we have uh, a situation actually, you know, popping off, it's going to be someone who actually sits down and monitors that. But it's also it's also collectively putting out messaging and letting people know that w- when the messages are going to come, that the messages that are coming out are from a legitimate source, Hartnell Communications, and not just rumors. Being able to watch those those communications that are going out is 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 a is a big point when you're when you're trying to do rumor control because if you have nobody watching what's being put out and knowing if it's correct or not correct um, you can't address it 
but what's what's important is being able to uh, let the community know who you're trying to communicate with this is the this is who's giving you the communication this is when it's going to come and you can trust that the communication that we're giving you is accurate and that communication that they're giving is 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 a joint effort from from those on throughout the the institution it's not a bunch of people putting out a bunch of information it's a bunch of people coming together agreeing on the information that's going to go out and then that information is put out by the communication specialist like i said communication is a skill and you got to learn it um especially as an emergency manager, but you also have to work with those who do it every day to know the best way to put that information out and how to correct uh, bad information. But to go back to your point, um, Todd, is that, that a lot of that information using Facebook, for instance, you, the information, Twitter as well, but there's all, you know, these these that you can put out some bad information, but a lot of those individuals that are out there are actually feeding into information that we could actually utilize. We're getting right when it's happening, they're videoing it, photoing it, uh, logging it of what just happened in their area, so we can have a better understanding. So, if it's used properly, it can be it could be a, a great tool. But it's using it properly, and then understand and being able to sort out what's right and what's not. So, buddy, as a city, I mean, do you guys have a uh, uh, social media policy, or you know, how do you guys work social media into your mass communication plan? Well, you know, the funny thing about the social media stuff, what was it, five years ago, if you got on social media or Facebook, you very well could be fired from your job just by merely logging on. And now it's such an important tool in everything we do to the now that um, we constantly monitor it. And we, our, our public information folks really do a good job during the heat of an incident. Um, they're monitoring it. And as we collectively get a lot of bad messaging, they'll, they'll put out the correct messaging the best we can. But like Daniel said, uh, uh, getting the pictures alive right now, people there, you get a lot of good information back as well. But it's just the people fanning the flames that, that put out the bad information that causes a lot of heartache for your emergency manager. We're spending a lot of time putting out the, the, the bad information as is trying to, trying to take care of the situation we're in. But our PIO guys in this region, they've they've gotten together from the county down to all the cities in our general area, and we they work their tail off to try to keep messaging on tact. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that some of the tools that are out there for Twitter specifically is, a, I think it's called like TweetDeck, uh, where you can monitor uh, multiple different streams. Uh, you can put in different uh, um, various different keywords, hashtags, whatever you want to call them, um, to uh, – uh, to follow what's going on with particular that, especially with like the protests and stuff like that, that were going around, you could, you could really follow uh, where the protesters are, are moving and, and what they're doing and the information that's being put out there um, with, with that, you know, um, I know sending messages, you know, you could use things like um, Hootsuite and things like this. So you could send out messages to multiple different things without having to write it. So there's different tools out there, but I think the hardest thing is, is like, there are so many different, you know, I, I, I started to age myself, you know, I, I never thought that it'd be like the old, you know, I, my wife keeps telling me I turned 50, I'm starting to get crusty, you know, uh, you, you know, you, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Facebook, well, Facebook is for old people, right? It is right. Then you got like, uh, you, you know, the, uh, uh, Twitter, well, Twitter is just like more political. Right. And then you have, uh, uh, Instagram, right. And that seems to be where, but then you have like all these Snapchats and, all these other different ones that are out there and you, you can't keep up with it. Right. 
you know, Marco Polo's now little videos that you send to each other. Everything changes, but the generations that use it change as well. So TikTok. like you said, it's become, you know, TikTok. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Facebook has, has evolved into an, an, um, an older crowd using it more younger groups. I mean, still younger people use it, but, uh, more younger people do go more towards Twitter and Instagram and he's, and then as, and it changes, it's an, it's an, it's an evolution. Um, and like I said, things change constantly and we got new technology coming out, new communication st- ways to communicate zoom now. And then you got Google uh, meetings that are coming out and it's better ways to not only communicate within your, your, close friend social circles, but also in, in doing business and, and schooling and everything. So it changes. So we got to, we, we got to change with that. And we got to, we got to find ways to utilize those, those medias so that we can better uh, communicate with the community we serve. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. On, on that as well. You know, communication is a two-way street, you know, and it always seems like we are pushing information. We keep pushing information. Um, how do we position ourselves to be able to respond to the needs of the community? Like, can you know, when we say, "Hey, this is this is what we're doing," whatever it is, evacuations or whatever, how do we position ourselves to be able to respond to the needs of the community? How can they communicate back with us outside of calling nine one one or whatever to let us know what's going on? We got to give them the invitation. We got to give them the opportunity. But a lot of that is us going to them. We need to make the effort. We need to go and we need to ask those questions and we need to, we need to have those meetings and we need to, we need to, and, and a lot of that is, is, yeah, it's a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice, you know, people getting out of their comfort zone um, and people and educating people as well. But I think it's the opportunities that you got to not only take advantage of, but create, you got to create some opportunities to get out there and, and, and interact with the community, uh, set up some meetings, go out and, and, and just talk to people. Um, these are things that you can utilize every day that you don't necessarily have to sit in your office and, and, and wait until something happens before you start taking advantage of an incident that takes place. Do a lot of the footwork and the legwork ahead of time. Get to know your community. Get to know what they want, what they need, um, and then and then provide the service that we're that we're here to serve that we're here to provide to them to make sure that they are safe and secure and protected. Hey, buddy, as a, as a fire marshal, do you guys have fire prevention type stuff underneath you or is that a different department? No, we, we take our all fire prevention for our city. And do you guys talk about communication in your fire prevention uh, classes and stuff that you go to the community with? It depends on the audience. Obviously, the daycares know, but as we get into the older audiences, we'll talk about uh, some of the stuff like that. And we participate in a lot of the emergency management or hurricane awareness seminars and and deals we do here locally and that pass that around. I don't know, man. You might might you might want to revisit that daycare thing because these kids are like already on TikTok and whatnot, you know. <laughs> well it just depends. I mean, um, you know, obviously we pushed the nine one one. It's amazing how much they remember that even at that age, but to tell them to go to three one one or to sign up for text messaging and all that, it's a little early, but yeah. <laughs> Give it a few more years, they'll have cell phones. Oh yeah, yeah. Matt, my my seven year old's asking for a cell phone. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, she's just like, you know, she sees all of us and her brothers on a cell phone. She's like, I want a cell phone too. No, seven's a little bit too young for me, but uh, it seems like the younger are getting it. Yeah, just barely, just 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 barely. Give her another year. (laughs) 
Although, you know, to, you know, it's kind of weird, right? Um, she's been using the iPad, right, um, for things. Excuse me. She's been doing that since she was little. I mean, like, a, like yeah, they probably, they they know how yeah. to use that stuff better than we do because well, they gr- now they're growing up using it. So we're learning it as we as the technology comes out, but they're learning it from young ages. Just like speaking another language, you teach them the younger you you teach them, the better they are at it, right? They start learning this stuff. My my one year old, she's eighteen months, and she she works my phone. She'll be pushing buttons, back buttons. I want to watch this on Disney Plus. I want that show. She doesn't want you know. She knows. Oh yeah. You know because they watch us do it, and then they start doing it, and then they're better at it than us in no time. It's crazy. So, yeah. I saw this video of somebody getting to digress here a little bit, but there's a reason why I'm going down this road. I saw this uh, person give a, a baby, like, you know, maybe younger than your daughter, um, a, a magazine, and they tried swiping it. You know, they go to the TV sets, they try, there's no touchscreen, and they, they, you know, it's like weird for them that the thing is not touchscreen. So they're so used to it. It's, 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 they're ingrained with it. And then we're having these generations that are coming up now that are not using traditional phones. You know, they're not using, they're not watching TV. So the, the EAS messages coming across TV sets uh, don't really work. They, um, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're, I don't think my son watches, he's 18 or he'll be 18 soon. I don't think he watches regular TV. I think everything is on Netflix and, and whatnot, right? It's all streaming now. All yeah. Streaming. You don't even really necessarily have to have the commercials or the, the news briefs and, you know, the urgent, the urgent news breaking, you know, things that come up, you could go until the next morning before you know what happened. So right. it, it, there's, we got to figure out a way to better, um, better communicate those things through to the communities. I mean, even in, in, unless you in, in, intentionally go out and, and, and register. Like I, on my phone, I'm registered for a bunch of news outlets so that I know if something happens, I get the, I'll get the brief and alert my phone that something's going on. Uh, Cause I don't want to wake up and find out, you know, that we had, you know, something major happen. I'd like to be aware of it when it's happening so that I could act accordingly or, you know, um, support if I can, it may be happening across the country, but I still need to know about it because it could affect my job uh, at some, in some way. No, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of where I was kind of going with this. Um, you, you know, what is the future of, of communication and, and uh, information sharing? Because if we can't get to them in those traditional ways, which we, we can't right now, right? Um, what do we do? Like, how do, how do we communicate with the kids? Because, I mean, even if we override them with, with WIA and, and iPods and stuff like this, right? If, unless you're on the cell system, right, which you don't have to stream on cell systems, um, you're still not going to catch everybody, you know. And and as much as we say, hey, it's like I said, it's a two-way communication street, it, it's still up to us, when I say us, the emergency manager, the public safety officials, to communicate with people. And I, I just want to see, you know, are we thinking about, are, are we? That's the question, I guess. I'll start with Buddy. Are we thinking about new ways to communicate with younger generations uh in the future because it's the future's here guys and we need and we're missing a lot of people when we start talking to them. well i think you always gotta um look for better ways to communicate with all different not only communications um, but language barriers and the the that kind of thing so yeah i think we we gotta constantly evolve and finding new ways to communicate because it's 
constantly changing and our audience is constantly changing. So, yes, sir. Dan, you work on a college campus. Are you reaching the kids? Oh, you know, you got to be as diverse as, as the community you serve in the ways that you reach out to people. You can't choose one method to reach out to a specific group. You got to choose multiple methods that, that fit specific uh, groups. They, they, you got to adapt to them that you don't expect them to adapt to you, but we got to change the mindset. And even when the kids, when you, when you can get into the, the head of the kids and you can train them properly, they go home and they train their parents. I mean, a lot of fire programs target the children because they're going to go home and question about fire extinguishers and smoke detectors. Well, how do we do that when it comes to emergency management, communication and, and monitoring, but also changing the mindset as far as like community and jurisdiction and, and whole community, because we can if we can we got we need to build that neighboring mindset mm -hmm. as well like how do i help my neighbor in communication if i know it this how do i make sure they know it but yeah you got to reach them in there in like like buddy said you got to reach them through their language as well through their their culture through their environment uh, so we got to adapt um not them absolutely absolutely true absolutely true buddy thank you so much for uh, spending uh, a morning or i guess mid-afternoon for you whatever it is over there in texas you know daniel of course it's always great seeing you um uh, everybody thank you so much for joining us today and you know please follow us on your favorite podcast player uh join us on facebook on youtube um every thursday um nine ish <laughs> it depends on how our technology is working and uh you can also see us also and join us on, on our groups on facebook on twitter and on the course, always go to sitchradio.com where you can find all of our past and future shows.